Good morning, pilgrims and travelers on the funny path of life. About 11.30 on what looks like one of the warmest days so far in Hamilena. And going on a, on a nice big walk. <clears throat> yeah, I'm actually going to Torredon Jimeno. I'm going to get some lentils and some brown rice. Um, it's almost like a punishment slash treat. It's kind of ironic, the, the word punishment. Because yesterday I find out two of my jars of the pinto beans had gone bad again. It's like they failed. The seal on the lid on the jar just uh, did not hold up. I was, yeah, I was relatively upset. Or well, I would say healthily upset. Um, but yeah, I was like, dang it. I think that, those might be my favorite. I mean, I love lentils, but I really, really like the texture of pinto beans and there's just something. They also, I would think, I think one of the easiest one to cook, meaning fastest. Pinto beans cook quite fast once you have soaked them. Anywho, so, and you know, I've been using the different beans and lentils for my breakfast blend, which I don't blend as much now. Uh, you know, I used to make kind of like a smoothie, like a savory smoothie, you know, and I really liked it. But then I was like, let's, let's make it a little uh, rougher, a little more fibery, like a texture. So I, I just do a little bit, and then that's it. So you can still feel a lot of the the fiber richness of that good stuff, and it's quite loaded. I mean, my goodness, talking about a powerhouse of fiber with beans, cabbage, and uh, carrots. In this one, I have a carrot top as well, so I've been using those. So, of course, I could have taken the car, you know, but uh, I have used the car. You know, last, uh, what was that? Well, actually, Monday I used it when I went to uh, to drop my uh, my passport. Which they did take it, you know. She never called back, but uh, basically she lost my number. So, which was fine. I mean, I was really fine with it. But, uh, <laughs> but then I realized I forgot to send a copy of the receipt that I paid for the application. So we'll see. I'm not sure if they're going to send it all back to me. I'm going to have to resend it, resubmit it. Uh, solicitar. Solicitar is to apply an application, una solicitud. But it'll be what it'll be. It's fine. You know, it's March. My, my passport expires in, in October, so I am in no rush. And I have, I have Pilar's place to send it to, so it's all good. Anywho. So... So, oh yeah, I'm talking about those beans going bad, so me going to take a nice uh, long walk, so yeah, I was like, why not? I'm obviously, can it, I can feel the gears moving, you know, basically the Camino's gear. <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know if any of you have walked it or have done some of it and uh, have an affinity with it, but uh, honestly, at the beginning, I wasn't feeling it, you know. When uh, first the news of uh, the change of plan, 
know. And uh, since then, you know, actually I just tried to call him now, but his phone was off, so he's obviously out of range for now. But uh, we'll get to him within the next couple today or the next day or whatever. Well, I'm sure he'll be back more than likely. Yeah, you know, right? And uh, there's actually a couple of things that I want to touch on that since I brought it up. Um, that's very interesting. Oh shit, make sure that my clothes can pack. I was like, make sure that they are shut. They are. Good. So a couple of things. You know, I, you know, since the news came up, you know, a bunch of things kind of rolled around in my head. And what was nice is that I was like, well, there's no rush. You know, I don't have to have it all figured out. You know, I had like about a week and a half or whatever until uh, until that fateful Wednesday, the 15th came and went. And so, you know, by then I will, uh, I will be clear. But I had an idea about, you know, some of what I was going to say to to him, you know, meaning like, well, this was my understanding and that kind of happened. And, uh, you know, I don't know. And then what I've come up with now and I feel pretty good about it because it feels it feels meaningful, you know. It is not impassioned, it is not, you know, personal, it is just you know, it's like people do not have to be privy of my processes or, you know, like expressing how I'm feeling. It's like, hey, I want you to know how I felt and you know. <laughs> I don't know. In the case of Angel, he could become a lifelong friend, you never know. But he might not. You know, look what happened with uh, Edu. You know, Albert Giverdi, I really, really like the guy. And then uh, this whole thing just kind of uh, frittered away. And so what I came up with was that, well, you know, I understand, you know, this, this is what you need. I understand you. So here is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to basically start to walk. I'm more than likely going to redo Via de la Plata. And then I may try to connect it with a different trail to go to a villa. And then, if basically things are still jiving, then I will work my way to Navarrete for in June, you know, to start uh, with him in June and see how it goes. That would be that. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. It's like things have happened. It's all good. And uh, this is this is kind of how I'm going to play it. And it feels peaceful, you know. So that is one. The other part is urban, because that was a surprise. You know, when I was thinking of, uh, you know, cleaning my slate, or um, I was like, is my slate really clean? And I do feel pretty good about it, but then I realize that there are from time to time little kind of stories floating around in my head about urban. There are still some things which are emotionally charged to some extent. You know, that being said, I don't need it. No, it's not like it's not an urgency. It's not really an issue. So I don't need anything more to come of it. But I was like, I'm going to reach out to him. So I brought that up. But, you know, thinking maybe going there and realizing, no, no, I don't want to go there. So I'm basically going to be reaching out to him. You know, beginning of April, I'll be going back to Sevilla. So, you know, his girlfriend is in... Uh, Sevilla too, and he goes there from time to time. So basically, I'm going to offer that. I'm going to extend that olive branch for us to meet 
And I do, I do like the idea of a neutral ground. I like that. So I will do that, and uh, we'll kind of see how the whole el tramite, you know, the procedure, how the whole process goes, if it flows, you know, if it makes sense to him too, if there is reciprocity, you know, if we both are interested in seeing each other. And uh, I mean, either way, if he's, if he's up for it, in Sevillette, I would be up for it. You know, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what the justification for him would be actually. I realize I don't care about that because I'm like, I'm predisposed to it. I'm interested in it. And then if he's too, then we'll, uh, we'll do that. More than likely, I like the idea of just be us. You know, no need, no mediation, no, you know, that, that would be either Pilar or Maribel, which is the name of his girlfriend. And Maribel and Pilar are very good friends. And, uh, and I realized I wouldn't want any of that. Just us. Or if we end up all meeting, then that we would go and, and take a walk, him and I. We just have our own space. So those are two things that, uh, to me, they are interesting in that that my uh, <clears throat> my ultimate response to it was very, I would say, filled with equanimity. You know, like not supercharged emotionally, or you know, no black and white, no you know, because of uh, having resentment or, uh, you know, unfinished business, whatever the case may be, you know, you kind of have this kind of emotion that are charging that person, that experience, situation, whatever the case may be. In many cases, it's somebody that you're connected to. And so in this case, it's like, yeah, no. So with uh, Angel, you know, it's like there is no asking anything. You know, there is no like, well, you said that, and then, then you just change. And I'm like, no, you, you have your deal. This is your, your Camino is your Camino, which of our own, you know. And, uh, well, at least it's not like me showing up in April and him telling me, oh, by the way, I won't need you until June. That would be different, you know. So it was done ahead of time. Uh, uh, oh, de, um, de antemano, ahead of time, beforehand. They are oh, yeah, ante mano, they ante actually, yeah, which actually antes, before, mano, hand, they ante mano. Interesting. I'd never made a connection with English uh, because I don't think in French it works. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't even think of it. Anyway, but regardless. So, <laughs> so that's for that. So that's kind of nice. So I think I've put a bow on this box and I can put this one on the side. And then something else. Uh, <laughs> I have the feeling I'm going to be boring you with that. But I'm really relishing the reading of Philokalia. I am in Simon the Theologian. I think Theologian, I think that's where I'm at. Uh, there's a couple of new books I'm going to be looking up that have come up that I think are going to be enjoyable. Hmm. There's my little old fellow taking his morning constitutional. I'll be coming up to him in about 15 seconds. And so, reading it, and, oh, I know, but I'm, I'm going to have to wait for him. I can't. So let me just wait for the short fellow. that I can be here. There he is. 
So here's the interesting part. Yesterday I was thinking, I was reflecting about, upon that, which had to do with what is going on with me. Why am I being receptive in that way, you know? So there, there's, of course, a part of me who is skeptical, you know, who's wondering, is it just kind of like uh, the fashion of the, the flavor of the day, you know? Uh, is it like pret-a-porter, yeah, ready to wear something that I'm going to discard very quickly, and then I'm making a big deal out of it when I'm not really that serious? So I don't know. You know, that's one thing. When something differently happened, excuse me, that was an amazing breakfast. Uh, I don't know. And uh, so I am skeptical. And something makes sense too in the Philokalia, which I'd read before, and they speak about it quite a bit. And actually, even St. John of the Cross talks about it. My favorite Christian saint, who is the one, the reason I would like to go to a villa. And uh, to doubt those kind of elations that you may experience sometimes in life, and to mistake those things for... Uh, What's more important? Ramdas talks about that too in one of his uh, one of his retreat that he did. He just he had his he called it like a sense of peace that he experienced, and he was just blown away. So he went to express his gratitude to the facilitator. I forgot there was somebody who's kind of known, I think. And then basically the guy said, "Okay, I'm glad," and I go back to your breath. You know, basically we're like that's not important. You know, it's great. You know, th those things are kind of mar marker. They do signify something, but they are not important. You know, it's like, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in, in how you feel. <clears throat> kind of almost like uh, until you've got to the place where you cannot go any further, where you are physically completely immobilized, where you've really kind of hit the bottom, whatever you want to call it, then you're not there. And if you're not there, then it's... It's not time. Just keep working. So maybe maybe those sensations that you feel along the way could be signs, you know, telltale that you are on the right way. That's tricky. You know, that's for each to determine. But I would interpret it that way. That there is something about it because it feels good. So when something feels good, then there is a tendency to want to repeat it. You know, and of course, it's one of the biofeedback, right? <coughs> And pain, you know, is obviously something that makes you question, that makes you wonder, it's like, hmm, am I doing something wrong here because I'm not liking what I'm feeling? So, uh, basically, so I'm having this strange sensation, and I don't think it's the first time, but it is quite powerful, it is quite palpable. Um, like a sense of peace. And there is kind of also something weird in that mix, which is Pilar. You know, the idea or image. And then I just, I feel so strongly toward her, you know. And I am working in kind of updating, you know, that kind of relationship, you know, to, to you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm in no rush, you know, there's no fire here. Uh, yeah, sorry, that's from the French. There is no fire. Uh, means, yeah, no rush. There's no rush. <clears throat> no hay prisa, which actually would be closer with the Spanish. No hay prisa. Prisa is basically a rush. 
and uh, let's see here we get a little bit of action going on kind of all the fellow working on his uh, little retaining wall on the side of his olive uh, tree orchard so one of the ass And so, I'm curious, I guess here's where the interesting part. So to, to resume, to make sure we're on the same page, you know, sorry, like I say, as I deal with things coming up, I'm, I'm going to give them my attention because I realize I can't really fully commit uh, to you. So I'm going to commit to what I'm obviously capable of committing at a time, and then I will, I will just do the back and forth, and that's going to be one of the side effects of doing live podcast the way that I'm doing it, but I like it. So, it's okay, big flexible. So, I'm feeling those things, and I'm reading, and of course, I'm kind of coming to some conclusion. You know, this is not new. Twice in my life, I have strongly considered, you know, enrolling, you know, involving myself into the monastic lifestyle. You know, there's, there's something there that is of interest to me and but it's never quite uh, concretized materialized you know it's never it never came to be and so <clears throat> so i'm like well it could be one more of those things or it could be you know like the grass is always greener you know uh, i'm not sure it's true but it could be you know it's like we can so easily fool ourselves that is something, too, that I really like in Ophalia, that we are so easily fooled by, you know, by our ego, you know, by a false sense of pride, of confidence. And, and though things happen in our life that puts us on our knees, you know, that just really beat the shit out of us. And out of that, this kind of uh, cleansing humility comes about and really makes our life better. But it's like, that's not us. It's something that is forced on us. And I don't understand it. Why? You know, why, why does it happen? Or how it happen? Or to whom? I, I don't know. And I don't care. But the fact remains, for me in my life, those moments, those very powerful moments, there are no credit for me to be taken from them. I can't say I did that. You know, that's, that's not a marathon race. So it's something that passively, in a way, happened. <clears throat> And so, you know, kind of looking at this kind of uh, really, it's interesting too, you know, because obviously I, I get sick, so it could be something to do with that. Uh, after recovering it, you know, kind of like a, maybe it's a normal high too, you know, once you've been incapacitated or, you know, weakened by whatever your illness, and then you kind of get back on that horse and then you start to go and kind of feel pretty good. Could be, could be that kind of elation, misplaced elation. Just because you had rain for five months and then the sun comes and it's just like, ah, which of course, you know, that's not happiness. So I'm thinking, and of course, in, in the context, in what I'm saying, the context is, is going to be, there is no rush. It's not something that I'm looking at doing anytime soon. So in a way, it's kind of connected to what I'm talking about in terms of Urban and Angel, you know, about coming to an understanding with time and then not rushing it, you know, 
and then allowing things to quiet. And then eventually you get to that clear understanding to where you drop that stone in the water and it finds the shortest path to the bottom instead of choppy wave or whatever. And then that stuff is just going to be kind of interrupted. It's it's most efficient course. So for me, when things are going to be kind of like emotionally charged, it's more than likely not going to be that wide. And so the idea of, well, let's see what happens. You know, it's like, I don't have to do anything now. Nothing is, I am not facing a special opportunity where I have to make a decision. You know, it's not a deal breaker. It's, uh, okay, crossing the major road here. And I'm going to be pretty much next day for quite a while. And I see to head on him in the distance. So, you know, as I talked about those two monasteries that have a, have a special place for me for different reasons, I was thinking of maybe <coughs> sending a letter with basically, in a way, expressing a need or expressing an interest in dwelling into what's happening, trying to discern is that is it something really real? Am I fooling myself? Is it an ego trip? Am I abusing something that's happening and making it into something else? Or is it genuine? You know, and of course I'm talking about here in terms of spirituality. And so I'll be looking. The tricky part is I would have to find somebody that I would trust, that I would rely on, that somehow would demonstrate that that person is capable of that. And to me, somebody in a monastery would be the kind of a place where I would look for that. That just makes sense. It doesn't mean that a layman could not have it, of course. I could find a layman way wiser. But if I'm going to be looking, you know, if I'm really curious about exploring that avenue, then uh, a monk would be who I would lean towards. And so, you know, kind of uh, the idea along the line of, well, I would like to come and do some kind of retreat. I would like to be mostly in silence, you know, to contribute to the place or to be able to do some kind of exchange and then have some kind of a consultation or some kind of visitation with a, with a monk that might be able to help me to clarify, you know. And of course, understanding that because in a monastic lifestyle, you know, I am way past the expiration date, fecha uh, caducada. Oh, de caducidad, fecha de caducidad, yeah, the expiration date. Yeah, fecha de caducidad. Uh, you know, it's like, I think it's like up to 35 possibly, maybe, I forgot, but no, you normally start young when you have kind of a calling, you know. And in my case, I'm not even looking for that. It's not like, you know, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I'm just trying to discern. Or I'm interested in the idea of discernment to try to find out, am I fooling myself? Is what's happening real, you know? And of course, you know, <laughs> what's going to be interesting is, you know, now, oh, wow, yeah, you can feel that it's going to be a warm day, you know? Uh, we're moving away from my retreat, from my winter, from my cave. So let's see also what's happening, you know, in terms of my uh, biological clock, you know, my, uh, my muscle memory, my habits, you know? Uh, am I going to start getting horny again, you know? Do I have a feeling that I think Pilar is a great, great asset in that way? 
<laughs> because you never know. That's true, you know. I remember even meeting uh, Arya. Uh, I, wa I was definitely physically interested in her. But uh, now where I am, you know, I mean, Pilar is still Pilar. You know, there is so far nobody, nobody has touched her. Nobody has come anywhere close. So the fact that there is this person that I'm attracted to, that I, I have this affinity, this connection on that level with that kind of quality. And yet at the same time to know that nothing is going to come out of it because it's just, it's not what it's about. So it's interesting that kind of a duality, that kind of a dissonance or that kind of a, I can't think of it when I'm looking for, but uh, <laughs> that I, if I had to guess, if I had to do my forecasting, I would say that most likely nothing is going to be changing there. You know, that uh, I am really, I feel good. You know, of course, you know, having no, no inclination, I mean, I think almost none, really. I mean, we're going toward the months now. And, uh, well, technically, I guess it's going to be... Well, it doesn't matter how long it's been. But uh, it's been kind of chipping away, you know, over time. And then getting to a place to now where it has been, it has had no impact on me whatsoever, you know. Even now, like, even something as silly as I was talking about watching uh, the created to the number two the part two and then there was a scene where those two were in bed or whatever and i just kind of fast forwarded so it's kind of like uh you know there's going to be some of that and so far movie is something that i still do though now i'm trying to actually move it to where i don't watch an evening at all anymore so i'll do it to where it's enjoyable for me when i'm having lunch so you know i watch for a little bit and I'm not ruling it out, but that's, it seems to be happening more and more to where uh, in the evening I'll, uh, I, won't, I won't play a movie. I kind of like the idea before going to bed, actually, to not have that in my head for whatever reason. But there's no, you know, no pressure there. But, you know, it's like nothing. So one thing I really like about it is that, you know, I've talked about, you know, the way that I would go and masturbate would be using porn and then just get the job done and then move on. And of course, there's been no interest whatsoever in porn, you know, if I was not horny. So for me, I don't know, I guess everybody's different, but for me, it is really just a tool, something that enhances, you know, that make my masturbation experience more pleasurable than if I just use my imagination. And it's been very, very hard, actually, almost, man, pretty much impossible, actually, to do it any other way. And I have beautiful memories. I have had beautiful experience, which of course, 10,000 times better than many of those pornographic video. But the visual, the visual is, has been irresistible. So what's interesting is that it has been a non-issue. So I am, I'm, I'm gonna use that word, I am excited. I am excited to not go down that alley anymore. And I, though I am not, you know, putting like, a, I'm not going to say this has been the last nail in that coffin. I don't know that. 
but it does feel different. So there are a convergence of things that makes me think, you know, this might have a different resolve than I've had in the past. And also the realization of kind of like <clears throat> a different kind of a resistance, you know, not that, that which you resist persists. So not to fight against it, but to, to look at do, dealing with it differently and not to empower it more. So not to yield, but not to resist. Kind of a, I'm not even sure I understand what I'm saying, but it feels like there may be a new approach that I've stumbled upon that is helpful to me to make my alignment more congruent. You know, the inside and outside, my behaviors to line up with my value. And, you know, I think that's definitely something in a human condition which is confusing. It's like, why am I not able to do what it is that I believe in, what it is that I value? And sometimes it leaves us quite perplexed. Sounds like there's a car coming behind me. I'm on a dirt road here. Oh, there's two cars, actually. That's fine. Let me let them go. Uh, I'm going to move on the side here, let those guys go. So, anyhow, so it's definitely been quite, quite an interesting winter, right? And so I was talking about, you know, where I'm feeling, sorry, i make sure I'm finishing my point here, about you know, maybe reaching out <clears throat> to a monastery looking for spiritual direction to try to do check and balance, to try to really either authenticate or, because I believe, I do believe, even though we don't really hear much about it, you know, we don't see, I mean, you know, mainstream media offers nothing. I think that's one of the reasons for sure why I'm mostly off of it, because it's not useful what they're talking about. It doesn't help me, but I do believe that there is a pseudo, you know, quote-unquote, objective platform that you can use to evaluate, you know, and somebody's experience in that way, in a specific way, looking for specific criteria that would help determine the validity of one's course. But the cool thing is, well, number one, now I'm basically, I definitely can feel the transition. So. You know, so basically here in the next couple of weeks, my goodness, <clears throat> yeah, in the next couple of weeks, right? It's Wednesday, so yeah, more than likely by Friday, Saturday, in a couple of weeks, I will be leaving here and then doing the thing with Pilar. So we'll see what date she comes up with, with that uh, social security worker to maybe get that status so I can, I can waive off that fee that they've been putting on me at the checking account and I will be... <laughs> I would have no problem doing that. And then, basically, we'll see about Urban. But after that, it's going to be walking. And uh, and so, we'll see what comes of it. We'll see, you know, how the book, uh, you know, how the reading, how this practice, uh, going to church yesterday, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. How... The quality of the experience, the, the, the quality there, the nature of the experience is really, really interesting. It's, 
there is an element of humility, there is an element of gratitude, uh, of uh, yeah, being, being grateful, of being here to take part of it, you know, to... Uh, another little guy on a scooter, uh, electric scooter. Um, you know, th those buildings, which I have kind of had a rekindled interest, you know, the idea of... Now it's even more so because the idea of coming into these places which are so imposing, right? They're so impressive. What a house, what a building. I mean, what other building do you find like a church? So it is conducive. I see it as a material bridge to help one to, to go into this place of contemplation or, or in a retirement, you know, for a little bit, you know, like breaking a routine of your day or you just feel something and you want a place where you can reflect, you know? I said it was a guy with a horse for a second. Looks like it's a bike. No, it's, it's a jogger. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I've really gotten used to the place here, of course, so many things, but the church, uh, I love that the, the priest does not rush, you know, like the guy in, in Valencina, you know? And uh, they also put music during the communion, so when you take the Eucharist. So I really like it. I think the guy, if I'm not mistaken, is basically a retired mayor that's basically there at every mass. You know, he lights the candle and he assists basically the the priest, so he seems to be quite committed. So, and uh, even the whole uh, rosary that they do beforehand, you know, uh, at some point I was kind of uh, getting there as close to the, one of the, you know, to the end of it, but now I'm like, I mean, I'm staying, you know, I still don't leave the house until like quarter till, so, and it takes me almost 10 minutes to get there. So I, I still arrive at the end of it anyway. But I am not as either resistant or frustrated or annoyed, you know, by that, that, that part of it. But the point is, you know, I really enjoy being in a church. I really enjoy partaking with the community, you know, that sacrament, being part of that tradition. And I don't know, I find it... I find it beautiful. I do. And that's it. You know, no, not, not, I'm not there to save my soul. You know, it's none of that because I don't see that in me. You know, I mean, something could evolve, but I'm not driven because I'm afraid. You know, because I'm, I'm trying to save my soul and I don't want to burn in hell forever. You know, some of it makes sense. I understand the, the context. But in terms of that being the reason Actually, it kind of makes no sense to me, the idea that I'm doing it because I'm afraid. I don't know. There is something that when I talk about it, maybe we are not giving the same meaning of the word fear, you know. Anyway, for me, if it's not something that is interested that I want to go towards, then it's more than likely not going to be sustainable if I'm trying to run away from it. I don't want to, I don't want to burn in hell, so I'm doing it because I'm afraid of that. You know, kind of like a child would behave rightly because he's afraid of the punishment of his parents. It seems so immature, you know, and it kind of makes sense as a child. You know, it kind of makes sense why, you know, parents put the kind of structure they put around a child because the child is not capable. You know, it's not appreciative of where he's at, you know, about expectation, about the standard, and, and also to be able to, to keep himself in check to some extent. To be able to live with other people, 
And then as you grow up, then you learn those things. And most of us seems to be able to behave, you know, more or less adequately. And then so, you know, that's why most of us don't end up in jail, you know, not kill anybody or, you know. And though I've done my share, you know, of uh, petty crimes, you know, I have. I'm definitely not uh, uh, without blemish, that's for sure. Um, so anyhow, so it's going to be interesting to see if that thought evolved into something more. And also more so, more so than what I'm thinking, looking for omens, basically. That's, I think that's kind of where it's at. You know, it's not like I'm not going to go out of my way because I feel unless something so compels me or something prevents me, kind of like in the seven story mountain, um, seven mountain story. Is that what the seven, no, seven story mountain. Oh my goodness, I can't, anyway, it's Thomas Merton, one of his, the, most likely his most famous book. I think that was the most uh, blockbuster. But he basically got to a place to where he got compelled. He, it's like it was not a choice. And then he ended up being driven and he basically went to that monastery. And basically he was like, well, I'll do what I have to do, but this is, this is what I'm going to do. And unless something similar happened, then I'm going to go with what I know, what I understand. You know, and then I'm going to be using those tools to the best of my ability with the knowledge that I have day by day, which is definitely something on the Camino that is, it is definitely a play that's very conducive to do such a thing because it is so simple and even more in my case. So, and then we'll see. And then also I'm about to finish, I think, on this one. On this, uh, it's going to be maybe a little more lengthy podcast. I was thinking... Normally, when I go on a Camino, I take everything with me, you know, but I'm going to be doing it different this time. I'm going to be leaving stuff at Pilar, and uh, what looks like, you know, it's going to happen is that June, July, August, at least, maybe, I will end up being in Navarrete working there. So some of the things that I want to use on the Camino, I more than likely would have a need for them, so I will have her basically send them to me uh, by mail. But I realized, yeah, I'm going to go as light as I can. I'll still carry my pack, you know, which is a big bad boy. It's seven pounds. So it's a heavy pack. But it will be lightly. It will be stuffed more lightly. I will have less, uh, you know, most of my shirts are going to be left. I'll, uh, you know, I'll just have a very, my the zip-off pants and the shorts. I won't have the, my other pants. Which one of them I have to fix it. There's a tear on the front. And uh, I'm going to sew that later on. But I'm also, I realize I'm not going to take, I don't think I'm going to take my, my trimmer. So I'm going to really bus cut myself before I head out. But we're looking at about two months. It'll be fine. It'll be, it'll be, uh, lo, lo, voy a poder, lo voy a poder aguantar. Yeah, I'm going to be able to, uh, to manage it, to support it, you know, soportar, aguantar, aguantarse or soportar to be able to handle or to stand, yeah, to stand. No me lo aguanto, I can't stand it. And uh, yeah, to basically put the least amount of weight in there, I'm still going to be dealing with the food, but to leave things at Pilar, which I know, I know will be fine. And uh, anything else? Oh, this morning. So I've talked about, you know, the beans. So there was this can of fabada asturiana. So fabada asturiana, it's a typical dish from 
Asturia, which is in the Camino Norte, northern part of Spain by the coast, by the coast. Very pretty area, hilly, green. Anyway, very luscious and uh, anyway, very very nice place. And uh, beautiful time when I went through. I'm sure in the winter it's not that fun. Kind of like uh, the Basque Country, and uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and La Fabada, so Febizi una faba, it's a bean. It's like kind of like almost like a flageolet, like, a, like those big, fat, white beans. And fabada is basically beans with three or four kinds of meat, <laughs> basically. And that's something that I never had. Uh, hold on a second. I think, yeah, please. Yeah. I just had never had any interest in. Uh, in trying it, and I never did because it sounded horrible to me. Uh, I have to say, that I'm really, really moved up from meat. I'm not saying I will never eat it again. Yeah, it's really, uh, it is crowded by so many things on my plate now that I'm just like, how am I going to put the meat? And what am I going to lose if I, put, if, I put, if I put the meat in there instead of what? So, um, and so there was a skin that has been there for I don't know how long. And so I was like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna heat it up. I'll take away all the meat. I mean, there'll be some meat flavoring and there'll be some fat, you know. That's why there's, there's this little chunk of fat. But that I will use, you know, for my morning. But I'll, I'll take the meat out and I'll go give it to the cats. So I did that this morning. So I kind of uh, put them in a place because there were some workers in the, in the usual area. So I didn't see any cats. They were most likely hiding. But I put it behind the fence that uh, I felt pretty confident that it would get access to. That's good. And of course now, I'm basically I'm letting the supplies dwindle. So though I'm looking at buying some rice and then uh, lentils, but uh, yeah, I'm going to let the, the supply dwindles to... You know, yeah, I've got my goodness, a couple of weeks, guys couple of weeks I'm going to be living here so it's been really uh, what a winter what a winter I was thinking about that too it's been uh, I think it's been this time it will be this time around it will be two weeks more than last winter than I was there of course I was supposed to be there longer but the surprising stay at Pilar's place it was so extended I just didn't uh, I didn't realize so obviously, you know, the non-stop, well, actually, technically, non-stop, it's about three months, but I also had about a month, so it's about almost four months. Can see, anyway, so, and uh, yeah, really, really like it. It's kind of warming up now to where it's wonderful, you know, not to turn the heater makes me happy, <laughs> not to have that bad boy on, though I was again reminded by her, I was like, please do not worry, you know, if you're cold, Keep yourself warm. So, and I'm grateful for that, but I'm definitely very mindful of it. And I think as I'm going through that uh, uh, underpass, so there's uh, the road on top of me. And uh, I think it's going to be time to transition. So, my friends, on that note, on a sunny day on my way to Mercadona, my guess is maybe 20, 30 minutes. So I will leave you at that. Wish you a beautiful day wherever you are. And uh, we'll talk to you later.
Just a 